September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And in honor of that, Street Lives is doing a three-part series about Zach, a youth who we once served at the Coffee Oasis. Join us as we are entering our second episode today. Let's get into it. The Coffee Oasis presents Street Lives, a podcast created to give you a personal glimpse into life on the streets and updates about the Coffee Oasis. The Coffee Oasis is a faith-based nonprofit in Washington State that exists to change the world for homeless youth in one community after another through evidence-based programs supported by sustainable coffee businesses. With over 40,000 students experiencing homelessness in the state of Washington each year, there's a problem. And that problem is that so many youth that are aged between 13 and 25 are homeless. And the aim for this podcast is to address that problem head on and share with you the solution that we've come up with, loving those students. Now you may be asking what that looks like. And for us, that looks like a series of youth programs that we've developed. And on this podcast, we're going to tell you stories and information about the people that we interact with because we believe that it's our job to change the world for homeless youth. Street Lives is their story and the story of those that love them. My name is Cody Clark, and let's walk through this together. Welcome back to Street Lives podcast presented by The Coffee Oasis. Uh, Today's episode uh, is part two of our three-part series looking into uh, the story of Zach, a young man who uh, we served at the Coffee Oasis, who we we built relationships with. Um, We're looking at Zach's story because, again, it is uh, September, so it is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And we believe that we have the opportunity to help tell Zach's story in the hopes that it can help youth out there realize that they are not alone in this fight against um, their issues with mental health, youth who are hurting, youth who feel alone and empty. We want uh, to show um, those youth and the people that love those youth that there are ways uh, just to love them where they're at and help them get the resources that they need. Um, again, Zach's story is completely unique to him, but we believe that we can help others by telling his story. That being said, in this episode, in part two, uh, we sit down with uh, two people who were close to Zach and joined again uh, by Paul Morris, who is the Oasis Center, uh, uh, the Oasis Center supervisor in Port Orchard when we, um, when Zach was attending our programs so we sit down with maxine and tim again two people who were close to zach uh, that paul also knows really well Um, we're going to be discussing things about zach's life Um, we'll be speaking about zach's uh, how zach acted who zach was but also his um, issues with mental health and um the impact that Zach made in the lives of the people around him. Let's get into it. 
today uh, I am sitting with three people who can add some perspective, some stories, um, who knew Zach. And so um, you guys all knew him in different capacities. Um, and, and we learned in, in episode one that, that I knew him in a different uh, perspective as well. Um, and, and, and I'm excited that the four of us can sit and talk about his story and gain some perspective. Um, so that being said, let's, let's start talking about Zach and why his story is important. Um, I'd love for you guys, before we do anything, to introduce yourself, um, give me your name, uh, how, how you knew Zach and how long you knew Zach, and then, and then maybe a fun fact about yourself just to make things a little bit more entertaining. Um, I'm Maxie Evans. Uh, I dated Zach um, on and off for about five years. I knew him about five years. Um, we were together when he and when he passed. Um, fun fact about me is uh, I used to be a birthday party clown. <laughs> I had no idea, Maxine. That is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm, that's going in the back of my head for later. I'm. Can you juggle, Maxine? I've never actually asked you that. No, I can't oh, juggle. Maxine, can make... that is amazing. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Um, okay, next. Hi. Talking to me? I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay, my name is Tim Blair. I'm a local uh, pastor of a church and uh, and also a, uh, a South Kitsap fire chaplain. So I've been out on a lot of scenes with a lot of people in crisis. So um, I've known Zach, I know, knew Zach, I don't know how many years. I think I met him back at the, when the Coffee Oasis Port Orchard had a teen center. Was it the old, on Bethel, what's it called? The Hard, Hard Rock Cafe, was it called? Solid Rock Cafe. Solid Rock, yeah, that's it. Anyway, you had the best always working pizza there. ever. I think I met him there and then we kind of connected more when we moved up, uh, up on, on, um, on Bay street and we we're yeah. staying at right there on Bay street at the, where uh, Frank Caracas had bike shop. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. We, you were there for about a year, year and a half. And we really connected yep. there quite a bit, uh, with Zach. And so anyway, I have a lot of perspective in dealing with in his life and his mom and dad, especially, um, fun fact, you want to know fun fact. I am a YouTuber. I am a beachcomber. I have a website, pnwbeachcombing.com. And uh, I, what? <laughs> what? I, I've got, I've got, I've had about 4.5 million views on my, uh, on my uh, YouTube channel. I, I mainly have looking for agates and looking for sea glass and, and agates at uh, ocean shores and sea glass up at uh, Glass Beach at Port Townsend. Uh, I, uh, people hire me out and go on hikes and things like that. So, hey, that'd be cool to go. I can just take a group of Coffee Oasis kids up there sometime if they want to do a, a day hike and go out and have some fun on the beach. That'd be a good that'd thing be cool. to do. Well, we'll make yeah. it happen, Tim. Also, Paul, your fun fact needs to be better than theirs and i don't think it will be yeah. um and then for for the listeners out there if you are uh just channeling into this um part two of our three-part series um you won't recognize paul's voice um but if you did listen to the first episode which if you haven't you should go back and do that um you will recognize paul's voice but i'm gonna have Paul, who I've said his name a hundred times already. I'm going to have him introduce himself uh, again, uh, how you knew Zach, how long you knew him, and then uh, a fun fact about yourself. 
Hi, uh, yeah, I know I'm Paul. I knew Zach from through the Coffee Oasis. I was the center supervisor in Port Orchard for a long time. I met Zach around the same time, probably Tim did then, when we were up on the Bethel Road. Uh, that was a uh, good times. Uh, so yeah, I was kind of was like a friend slash mentor slash uh or maybe want to be mentor i don't know if zach was really up for mentorship we hung out a lot we had some good times it was it was good um but fun fact about me uh i i can play the ukulele really well i mean that's a great fun fact but it does not beat theirs <laughs> no, i know i wasn't trying i mean Tim, I had no clue you're so popular on YouTube. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow you. Yeah, and then Maxine, I'm still amazed in all the years that I've known you that I just found out that you your birthday party. You know found. what, Tim? What we should do is we should have on your YouTube channel on a beach with Maxine dressed up like a clown and me playing yeah. lately, just like whole collab. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's let's get back on topic. Um, so again, we're here today to talk about Zach. Um, in the first episode in this series, we, we got some perspective about Zach's uh, older years. I mean, as, as 18, um, all the way to the kind of the end of his life. Um, and so I, I would love to just start off. You, you all three knew him in different capacities. You, you three knew him in different and had different perspectives on what he may have told you about how he grew up. Um, but let's just talk really quickly. Um, again, you guys all have different perspectives, and I'd love to know if you guys have any information or stories about how Zach might have grown up, about his childhood. Well, when I first met Zach, he was, I think he just turned 21. Mm -hmm. um, so I, yeah, I didn't meet him until he was 21, but... Um, the longer like I dated him and the more I got to know him I kind of learned more about his childhood um with his family you know I know he he was homeless um with his parents like they lived in the truck for a while he would couch surf and uh I know growing up I'm not sure he had like that stable environment that some of us did I know his parents were his parents didn't knowing his parents I know they were they didn't really take care of him and his siblings. I know uh, he has a brother and a sister, I think. Um, and so I know he had a had it pretty rough growing up. Um, and he, uh, yeah, yeah, he had it pretty rough with his parents. Yeah, uh, Tim, do you have any any perspective you want to share? Well. Um remember connecting with him and his family. Uh, I was working at the Port Orchard Church of Christ years ago, about till about 10 years ago. And uh, there were times, I remember I had some contacts from the dad or his mom that would call us and they would just seek some assistance. Maybe we'd, I'd, I'd take people down, I'd meet them at the, at the Safeway gas station or someplace local, and I would put 20, 20 bucks in their car. And so I did that on numerous occasions, or their old pickup truck. I remember one night I got a call from his dad, David, and and I was supposed to go meet him. I was going to bring something. I think it was food or I was going to give him a little bit of get some gas. But that time I just met him in the parking lot over where the, that one place restaurant is now. And, mm -hmm. and by Mart, I think it is. And yeah. um, they were there was no, nothing there in the parking lot. So they were parked out there. 
and there was a big tarp over the back end. There was no canopy on their truck, so mom and dad were up in the cab, and and the guy, the boys, uh, I think the, his younger brother was staying someplace else, but there was Zach curled up underneath the tarp trying to sleep in the back of that pickup truck. It was in the wintertime. It was cold out. It had been a little bit drizzly, and so I helped the family out. So on numerous occasions, I'd get a call from dad or mom just when they needed some gas or whatever, and then I remember started kind of interacting with Zach when they were there at, at the uh, the Bethel uh, the Teen Center, the uh, solid rock cafe yeah. and um kind of connecting with them he liked to play pool and especially when they moved down to bay street and they were using yeah. the, the the storefront before they got the permanent location the fred Kerikas had a, a storefront for them there on bay street on the south side of the street and they had the pool table back in there and i always shot pool with him we always played you know, you know eight ball whatever and we had a lot of fun doing that and zach i we were, did a lot of partners with and he was very engaging even some of I'd have some of my own kids that were about his age that would come with me and we play board games, we shoot pool and just, he was engaging. He was a friendly young man that I could tell he was struggling in life, but he was trying. I could tell he had the desire and the motivation. He was trying and he always engaged and he would try to reach out. And I really appreciated that about him knowing his family, know his mom and dad, and, and the struggles that they were having. Here he was trying to live somewhat of a normal life. What, yeah. what, what I was impressed by him. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of my perspective, Zach's early life just comes from what Zach has told me. So I'm not exactly uh, sure. I, I think when Zach was around 14, I think is when he actually his family lost their home. I'm not sure if that's accurate. I don't really know, but that's kind of what I picked up in my conversations with Zach. But yeah, I know that um, I know that his his life was not necessarily very um, easy, even when they were in, in a living home, living in a home. I know that the money was always an issue in their family. Um, but you know, his I I really think his parents just kind of did the best they could. I I don't. I don't really know, um, I don't know either of them very well, but I know that they cared about Zach and I know that Zach cared about them. I know that when Zach was doing his internships, a lot of the time he would um, use, a, use some of the money that he would get when he was working to like help out his family. And I know that that was very important to him to try to look out for them. I know that there was, um, when he would talk to me about it, he, you know, he would be upset. You know, I, I could tell that part of him was upset about his circumstances, but he also like kind of what Tim was saying, he would kind of always just try to like make the most of it and like make the best of it. And I think, I think part of him was just kind of like, this is just my life and I just have to like struggle through that. And, and he did it, I think by showing a lot of love and compassion to his family I, I, I don't know. I know that he cared about them and I know that they cared about him the best way that they could. Yeah, it's it's interesting to, to hear, you know, we, we at the Coffee Oasis, we work with youth who are homeless and at risk and a lot of the time don't really have stability or um, have that that home life that that, that structure in, in, in the home life and um, you know, hearing about Zach and hearing Tim, like you're saying, you know, that he, and, and Paul, you said it too, you know, that he, he was trying and trying really hard 
um, and, and trying to be engaging where he was at. Um, and again, also looking at, I'm sure to some degree with Paul, what you're saying, feeling some sort of pressure and um, pride even of wanting to try to help take care of his family. Um, and so, you know, Paul, we, we've talked about um, kind of his depression or his, um, his issues with mental health and, and, and trying to, I know you spent time um, trying to interact with him and talk with him and like walk with him as he's experiencing those things. Um, but, but would you guys say that, that that stability or sorry, the lack of stability, stability or the lack of consistency in that home life um, was something that could contribute to Zach's um, depression or mental health struggles? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, knowing Zach the way I did, um, he was on a, under a lot of pressure to help his parents and his brother. Um, and he did have a big heart for them. He, he loved them to death. Um, and I know he was always stressed out about, you know, if they're going to sleep in the hotel or if they're going to have to be back in their truck again. And, or if he was like at a friend's house or getting kicked out of somewhere he was living at because of his um, mental stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he lived in a house for a while and um, they, he just, I guess he, one of his attempts, he tried to, and they just like, man, you can't act like this. You gotta, you gotta either get it together or, or leave. And I know he left and he just didn't have the stable to kind of get the help that he needed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I can't imagine being in a low spot like that and then being told essentially get your stuff together and that's it. Um, you know, and, and, and the four of us know that Zach had people in his life that, that cared for him. I mean, again, we, Paul, you, you were one of those people who um, spent a lot of time with him, right? I mean, uh, in the center, uh, whether, whether or not he looked at you as a mentor or not, <laughs> Honestly, no, no matter what, I feel like that there was some sort of mentorship there. It might not have been intentional, yeah. but it, it was still there. And, and Maxine, obviously, you know, somebody who's in a relationship with somebody um, cares about him, right? Um, and then Tim, you know, what you're saying with, with being able to play pool with him and, and invest in him just by mm -hmm. playing pool and having conversations and, and knowing his family and family history um, to some degree shows that there's people in his life that care about him um right. and 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 so i think that when we talk about zach's story and how important it is it's important for people to know that he he had people right he he had right. people that cared about him um but in the end uh zach was going through a lot and it got the the better of him and he ended up taking his own life um, but I, I also, I want to talk about some positive things. Like this is where it gets personal. I, I really want to know what you thought Zach's biggest character trait was and, um, what, what essentially made Zach, Zach, 
and, and tell me a story that goes along with that. Um, uh, briefly, tell me a story that goes along with that. Um, because I think we all want to know as much as we, we can about Zach, you know. Again, I knew him in seventh grade. I didn't know him as an adult, but I hear uh, all of these stories from people. And I think it's important for people to share those stories. Um, so what, what was Zach's biggest character, character trait? And, and I think we're going to go in reverse order this time. I think I'm going to have Paul go first. Um, and then we'll, we'll go down and I'll, I'll let you know who goes next. So Paul, um, what, what was it? Oh gosh. I mean, I usually, we have this rule about camp that what happens is Sam stays at camp, but I might have I talked about this earlier. I'm not sure, but um, I would probably say Zach's sense of humor would probably be it. Um, him and I had a very similar sense of humor, um, which I always appreciate about him. But uh, we would, we, when we would go to camp, it was usually all, you know, he'd come as like the helper for me because it was a high school camp and Zach was in his early 20s. So it was like the camp was really gracious and allowed us to allow some of our youth outside of the high school age to go. But I know Zach always really appreciated camp, but you wouldn't actually know that if you were at camp with Zach because he was very just like almost bah humbugish about it. But he always had such a great time. And I think he kind of just embraced that just kind of like sarcastic, like sense of humor that he had. But it really came to fruition when we were, um, <laughs> well, we, we did like this whole wrestling promotion video that we did at camp for a few years. It was a lot of fun. I played this promoter for, I, I don't know, everybody had like a little role that they played. And Zach's role was he was the commissioner of the whole, like, um, I forget what we even called it. It was like the Oasis, I, I, I don't know, like Wrestling Federation. I have no idea. But um, another Zach that was there, um, Zach and Zach, I used to call them my two Zachs. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. Um, they're around the same age, but he was this wrestler called the Turd. <laughs> All right, this is just camp stuff. This is why we usually don't talk about it. But um, Zach, had, Zach was the commissioner, and we were just, like, making up all these jokes and stuff, and the turd, he comes in, like, wrapped in toilet paper. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so Zach came up with this, this like, one-liner because he, the turd was getting kicked out of the wrestling federation. You know, if you guys ever watch professional wrestling, it's just, yeah. Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, Zach the turd, not Zach. Uh, Pierce, the commissioner, um, but he came in and he's all like, "Oh, I'm gonna do blah blah blah," and then the then Zach would get mad at the turd and be like, "No, no," and then he came up with this line though, and then he threw toilet paper at him and he and he said, "You're flushed" or whatever like that, and it was it was great, and and that was just like Zach though. He, the whole time we were doing these videos, he was just like, "Oh, this is stupid. This is ridiculous." But then when it was his chance to get in there. He just went in there, he just embraced it, and it was ridiculous, and it's on video, so it's going to live forever, and mm. <laughs> I'm going to post it everywhere. No, but um, it, it's just a lot of, lot of really great times that I had with Zach. Hmm. Uh, wow. Tim, I'm going to yeah. have you go next. Um, I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, and, and again, you know, if you had to pick a character trait that describes Zach um, and give us a story to help 
Hope I guess I remember, especially the times I was arriving and hanging out with the kids there on Bay Street when the, 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 the drop-in center was over there. Mm-hmm. So they hadn't built the, the, the one across the street and, uh, or moved in. I remember sometimes when you walk in and you're going to be there, I, I, my, my bonding, I always wanted to bond more with, the, with all the different the kids that came in. But there were certain ones I connected with more than others. And there's yeah. certain ones that have come and gone over the years. And, and so I remember a few times that I would come in there and there was, you know, it's Zach, big Zach. There was little Zach. And then there's you know, other guys I, I had other names for and Kaylin and other people. But um, Zach, little Zach Pierce, I, he always would just walk up to me and he how's it going? He always, he, he made, like, some of the kids didn't even know me or would give me the time of day, which I'm, I'm okay with that. It didn't, you know, bust my bubble or anything. But Zach would reach out. He would walk up and he would, he would engage me. And let's play pool or something. And, and so I always appreciated that, you know, he was reaching out and he would try to do that. And it, it made me feel like I was making some connections with him. And I appreciated that. I, I knew how important that was. So I, I just was thinking his friendliness, his friendliness impressed me um, and how he really engaged me as, as sort of an outsider. But I was known by some of the kids there as one of the, the, parental adult figures that would come in and float in now and then you know yeah so no tim that's that's great because i you know again my my perspective is a little bit different because again i only knew him in seventh grade yeah yeah i but i also remember hearing and seeing and you know i feel like at one point there were videos from camp on facebook at one point um and I remember seeing some stuff, but but the thing that I always kind of remember is Zach was quiet. He was um, serious, but also again, like you like you said, Tim, he was definitely friendly. You know, Zach. I feel like Zach was intentional about about with what he said and what he did. And so again, being intentional about being friendly with with people coming in, about being intentional about having the sense of humor he had of, you know. Flushing the turd. Um, <laughs> You're flushed. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Maxine, um, I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, I mean, like you said, like he, when you first you get to meet him, he is shy and kind of like standoffish. But um, he's just to me his best is just the silliness and this goofiness. He was he's a goofy guy. Yeah. Um, he could just turn something around in a second. Um, I remember one time we were um, upstairs in the center and we were walking to my car and we were walking down and there in the antique parking lot, there was a cop there who was talking to someone. Zach gets to the bottom of the stairs and he like looks at the cop and he gets on his knees and like puts his hands behind his head. <laughs> <laughs> like the cop was going to arrest him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he would do stuff like that all the time. He just would least expect it. And I think that was one of his greatest qualities. Like Paul said, like one-liners or just the things he did just was just hilarious. Wow. Yeah, and I, again, you know, I, you know, we talk about Zach's story and we're being intentional about when, when we're putting this out, right? Because right now it's the beginning of August. Um, but we're going to put this out in September um, because September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And I think that, again, you know, we, we look at Zach and we know that 
he struggled with mental health. We know that he was friendly. We knew that he was goofy and silly. We knew that he had these character traits, but was also dealing with some stuff. And so I think it's really important for us to sit here and share his story and, and be able to talk about these things. And, and I, I love that you guys are here and, and a part of this. This is amazing. Um, but I want to ask you guys, um, again, from your perspective and knowing Zach and, and the, different, the different things that um, had been going on in his life, um, if there was a youth sitting here on this call with us, um, hurting and, and in pain, um, feeling what Zach was feeling, even though Zach was still being friendly, Zach was still being silly and goofy, he was still being um, Zach. If they, were, if they were going through the same thing, what would you tell them right now? What would you tell the youth who's sitting here hurting? Somehow to be encouraging. I don't know. There's just, at the moment when people do things, it's maybe not even thinking, but to think about, he had a job, he had a relationship, he had a future, he had so many positives. Somehow to help these young people look at all the possibilities and to not give up on the moment, but to lean, just to get out of the moment and to look toward the future if that's possible. That may be a real hard stretch for a lot of them. The future doesn't exist and their present circumstances may be overwhelming. But somehow there was so much happening in Zach's life that if somehow we could have wrapped that around him and said, this is all good. This is good stuff. And to be encouraging and just to hang in there with it. it there's a lot of good things that are gonna come from all of this. Yeah. So I just be encouraging for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, the advice I give myself when I'm really depressed is mm -hmm. um, I've never come to the point of attempting suicide, but um, just give it a day. I mean, that's kind of what I tell myself. A lot of times when we think, in such negative terms about ourselves we believe such negative things about ourselves it becomes an epidemic within our own body where our mind is telling our body that it needs to just not exist and for us to just be able to say give it a day and what what tim was saying it's just like when you're in that pit of depression you don't see the good things yeah. you don't see the people that love you you know, and um, when you don't feel like you have a lot of support in that moment, when you don't, it's just like, it's so overwhelming. And I mean, I can't imagine, you know, what that must have felt like. I just know that it must have been extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was talking about this in our first, um, our first uh, podcast, but it's just like, or maybe I was, I don't remember, but um, maybe I did. I don't know. Maybe you did the maybe, first time you recorded it. Maybe I did the it. first time I recorded it, but you just never know how much people care about you. Yeah. You just never know the impact that you're making in people's lives. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes you might look at your life and think that it's all negative, but the reality is it's not. Yeah. And I would say all these things and then I would just ask 
I would just ask to be able to listen to what they feel and what they think. And um, I think that that's just really important too. When you're depressed, you just want to be heard a lot of the time. Yeah. And, and, and so Paul, you, you did mention this that in the episode that got published, okay. uh, we, we, we talked about how, um, how beautiful the world would be if more people took time to encourage one another instead yeah. of tear each other down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think that that's, that's so important to look at, especially when, when youth are hurting. Um, well, kindness is just so overseen as like, uh, like a, a gift, you know, as something that is good. Like we generally see kindness as a weakness, but it is so hard to be kind to people, especially For in this sure. day and age. And, and, like, and I think that's why it's so important yeah. to be kind. Yeah, um, definitely. Maxine. <laughs> don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I know Zach, he, he was a guy. Um, he liked to hide his feelings a lot. And um, if he would have reached out more, maybe that would have made the difference in his life. Um, Coffee Oasis is a community. And um, I'm not only speaking as like a former employee volunteer, but as a former youth, um, to have a community around you, like the one that Coffee Oasis is, is is a cha- is a game changer um when zach first died i don't think i would have survived it without the community that we have with the you know with paul tim um and everyone um the staff the volunteers um i know you just reach out and they will talk to you they will point you in the right direction to um you know either if it's like case manager or anything they they definitely will um will help you yeah well, Maxine, you uh, you do a good job of, of telling people what Coffeo offers. So thank you for that, because I don't feel like I have to. Um, but no, you you guys, it's it's so important that that youth of today know kindness and they know people are there for them. And and I know again that Zach, toward the end of his life, was going through some stuff. And Tim, like like you were saying, if he if he was able to see the good, if he was able to step back and 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 see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, like you said, being able to have someone uh, listen and be kind. Maxine, like you said, being able to have a community, um, maybe something would be different. But and I think that's the important part about Zach's story is that there were so many different people in his life that cared for him, that tried to show him he was cared for. Um, I think that Zach, again, did a good job of, of showing people his goofy side and his friendly side and had, had a great sense of humor. Um, but behind all of that, there was pain that he wasn't really willing to share a lot of the time or some of the time. And when he did, I know that there was people there for him. And so that's why we're doing this, right? We want to make sure that youth know that there's resources out there. Um, we want to show youth that, um, we want to show people that when stuff like this happens, more often than not, there's people there for them that love them, that care for them. And maybe they just didn't know it in the moment. Maybe they, they lost that track of mind, um, track of thought. Um, so, so thank you, you four, um, 
four, well, three, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, I included okay. myself, yes. Uh, so thank you to you three for, for being a part of this, um, for sharing your perspective, um, for, for just sharing stories. I know that it's hard. I know that, um, you know, talking about it can, can often be traumatic. Um, so, so thank you for doing that because again, I believe it's so important to have these conversations. Um, yes. and, and I want to encourage mm -hmm. the three of you continue to do what you were doing in Zach's life for other people, love mm -hmm. them, care for them, cherish them, um, and continue. Yeah. and continue um, just to love one another and be kind. Um, so before I end this, before I say goodbye to the three of you, um, I'm just gonna ask you, is there any last things that you wanna say before we, we end this? They're all worth it. worth it. Kids are worth it. We're all worth it. We've gotta invest. We can't hold back. Don't assume anything. We need it. Gold, Tim. <laughs> Solid gold. I love it. I do. I'm just looking forward to uh, continuing to talk about this in our next episode. Um, just not only for those that are maybe suffering with suicidal ideation or depression or any other mental illness, but also for those that know people who are suffering with those types of things or who have had a loved one commit suicide. Yeah. I think survival, guilt, survivor, shame, like we don't understand. I mean, I even struggle a lot to understand, you know, it makes sense from a certain perspective, but at another perspective, it's just like, you know, why, why this have to happen? So I guess yeah. I'm just looking forward to digging deeper. I hope that this conversation can just continue. Yeah. Yeah. Maxine, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I think you, they, they touched on it pretty well. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, guys, again, thank you so, so much for joining me. Again, a huge shout out to Paul and Maxine and Tim for joining me in today's episode as we talk about Zach and his story. Um, again, we believe that Zach's story is important because Zach, um, dealt with a lot of the same things that youth of today struggle with depression um, insecurity um, instability and of course you know youth have bad days and so um, this was a great opportunity and is a great opportunity to, to let people know that there are resources out there for youth who are struggling and the impacts that these things can have um, again, if you are a youth and you are struggling right now, I want to make sure that you know uh, that the Coffee Oasis cares about you and loves you and has resources to help you uh, continue to grow and move forward. Um, but, but the one I want to talk about right now is we have a Coffee Oasis crisis line that is a text line that you can text and speak to people um, about the things that you're going through. Um, there are people, volunteers and staff who love you um, and who are able to walk with you as you are going through life. Um, again, if you are struggling with depression or um, feeling uh, like you're going to harm yourself or harm someone else, um, or maybe you just had a bad day and you need someone to talk to, uh, you can text 360 
877-577-5560. And you can text HELP or HI or anything like that uh, to, to get in direct contact with somebody who loves you and would love to uh, just speak with you and continue to walk with you as you go through these things. Um, again, I, I want to make sure everybody knows that uh, Zach's story is unique to him. Um, but again, the Coffee Oasis believes that it's important to tell his story, A, so Zach can, can continue to live on um, through the relationships that he built, um, but even more so that we um, have the ability and opportunity um, to help youth with similar stories. Uh, next week, we are joined again by Paul Morris, but also um, we also have a new guest joining us, Dave Seacrest. Uh, Dave is a therapist that works with the Coffee Oasis, and I'm really excited to have him and Paul on as we talk about Zach and his life and his mental health, but we also talk about the effects that uh someone taking their own lives uh, has on the people around them. Uh, again, please join us next week as we uh, sit down and, and continue to talk about Zach's story in our third and third and final part of this series. Um, you know, wherever you listen to this, um, please uh, like or subscribe to Street Lives Podcast. Um, thank you for joining me today. And let's continue to walk through this together. This was an episode of Street Lives podcast presented by The Coffee Oasis. Intro music written and performed by Josh Rawlings, mixed by James Redfern.